Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 29 of the Aviation Spotters Podcast. My name is Colin Moser. Man, I am so sorry for the delay after Phil's episode. I left you guys hanging with a pretty epic episode, and I do apologize. Life's getting in the way right now. A lot of stuff's going on in my life, and I am so sorry that uh, that this happened. But uh, anyway, oh man, Phil, Phil Derner's episode. Holy crap, wasn't that just epic this the one of the ogs of aviation photography founder of one of the largest spotter communities on earth god that was some great stuff wasn't it that was just truly amazing and i just want to thank thank you phil for a listening to the podcast and uh being a part of it too and i really really do appreciate that um but yeah that was awesome that was really really cool to have Phil on there, and again, thank you so much, Phil, for coming on the show and uh, coming on and, and being a part of it. But um, I do want to make a couple announcements. Um, one of which is we lost a dear photographer in the community a little while ago, um, Brandon uh, Feelin Fuxa. Uh, he was a listener of the show. You might have known him as Aircraft Lover Offit. He passed away uh, due to health, some health complications. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting Brandon at uh, Red Flag 211. And he was a great guy to talk to. And, you know, he was a listener of the show. I know that. And I just want to take a moment to. Uh, send my condolences to Brandon's family and other friends that are affected by this as well. Um, so, you know, Brandon, we are wherever you are right now. Thank you for being a part of this. I'm sorry we couldn't. I know we attempted to get you on the show at one point, and I really wish I did. And, um, but anyway, um, without without getting too dreary on that, um, that's my couple announcements. I am going to be a couple doing a couple vacations here soon. Uh, this episode right now, yeah, we're it's what February second. That's actually January twenty fifth. But you're listening to this on the twenty, hopefully on the February second. Uh, I'm currently in Hawaii right now, so yeah, um, I'm taking some vacation. I need it. But if you guys are going to be in Las Vegas on February seventh and eighth, I will be there for Red Flag twenty two dash one. And um, I have a pretty cool idea for an episode. So stay stay tuned till the end, and I want to explain why. So if you're there, look for me, and uh, we'll, we'll just link up, and I got a cool idea. Um, also, the week after that, the 14th through the 16th, I will be in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. What, Colin, why are you going to Lincoln? Well, uh, uh, WC-135s and uh, RC-135s and E-4s. Yes, I'm going to go take, trying to go spot all the Oppid aircraft at um, Lincoln. So any of you guys are in Omaha and in Lincoln, let me know and let's link up. And yeah, let's, let's go have some fun. But anyway, guys, on to the interview at hand. Uh, we are interviewing Audrey Lee from, uh, from Utah near Hill Air Force Base. And she is an up-and-comer in the community. Not, you, you guys may not know of her, but by the end, you're going to. And I would encourage everyone to go check her, her 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 profile out because she is going places as you guys are going to see from this interview, and she is definitely a true ad geek, you know, in this community. I think it would, she is awesome, great interview. So without further ado, guys, let's roll it. Let's get into the interview with Audrey. 
right, everybody, here we are with the main interview with Miss Audrey Lee from uh, Layton, Utah. Audrey, good evening. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for coming on on such short notice. <laughs> very a short notice. <laughs> very short notice. Very, very short notice. Um, I was planning on doing this uh, actually later on in the week the only issue was is um as you guys heard i am currently on vacation now right when this is dropping but we're recording this the day before i leave so i just wanted to get something out to you guys i know i've been slacking so anyway yeah so thanks for coming on on very very short notice no problem well anyway uh, let's get into the interview so uh, let's get to know you where are you from uh how you got into aviation and yeah so I'm from a town called Enfield, Connecticut. Um, so I'm an East Coast girl, born and raised there. Um, I started working for Raytheon right out of college. So Pratt & Whitney, Collins Aerospace, that kind of stuff, um, primarily with the F-35 program. And um, decided the private sector wasn't for me and got a job with the public sector working for the Air Force, which brought me out here to my first station at Hill Air Force Base. So I've been here for about a year now, working on uh, purchasing contracts for the F-35, F-22, A-10, um, and a couple different missile programs as well. So that's what I'm doing here, and um, it's been an absolute joy. And moving has been a little bit difficult at first. Of course, there's always a culture shock, but... Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> living on near an Air Force base, next to an Air Force base, and, and working on base has been... Uh, an amazing experience so um good things all around oh yeah i bet and moving east coast to west coast <laughs> it's, <laughs> i bet that was communist i mean the climate first of all the climate mm-hmm. i'm assuming is just completely completely different i'm assuming just the culture itself of the west coast and especially the wild west being over in utah Mm-hmm. totally different <laughs> i was not expecting the the culture shock but yeah also the weather is completely different so i mean i'm used to the humid frizzy hair rain constantly and then coming out here i'm like oh it hasn't rained in three months <laughs> so yeah it's, it's a little different but um it, i'm i'm loving it so wouldn't change oh, yeah. the world <laughs> Yeah, and then you know you, you got to deal with the dryness. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you, you know your skin dries out, and there's smoke in the air. And I have to ask, what was it, what was it like when you saw your, the tumble uh, tumbleweed for the first time? It was funny. Um, it it it's always surprising whenever I have to like take it out from under my car. I'm like, this is something I've never had to deal with in my entire life. So, um, I'll accept it as like a local challenge. Um, but especially on base, we have these um kind of like little fences that keep the tumbleweed from blowing all over the place and especially during the springtime all the entire fence line throughout the entire base covered in tumbleweed it's kind of funny to see it's it is pretty pretty funny uh we have the great tumbleweed migrations up here on the stretch between 84 on like between glens ferry and boise going through mountain home and it's just tumbleweeds walls of tumbleweeds and uh, at the boise airport we have little totes specifically just for to put tumbleweeds in so they don't escape at the gates i just don't understand where it comes from <laughs> it's know, it, it it's weird <laughs> No, it's what it is. There's these little weeds that grow out there, and then like then they start drying up, and after after the summer and all that, they start drying up, and they die, and then they tumble and spread their seed that way. Ah, but yeah, okay. they're yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my coworkers, her 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 mother-in-law, or 
her her boyfriend's mother lives on the east coast and she's obsessed with the west so during one of the windstorms she going out in the truck and got a perfect small tumbleweed to ship to her out in oh, the so east coast cute. that's so nice yeah <laughs> yeah we looked at her like why she's like why are you doing that it's like you can have any other tumbleweed you want then i realized oh she's on the east coast yep. but pe- yeah you don't have well <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You guys got nor'easters, and we have wildfires. So take yep. your pick. <laughs> I know, I know. the The smoke for me, especially when it came to photography, uh, that was surprising. I was not expecting that at all. Um, the, the haze in the summer, and even in the winter, I was really surprised with that as well. But just the smoke. I used to go for walks all spring, and then the summer came, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So that's that's my biggest complaint, and I rest my case. Like that's that's. That's the only downside, I think, is this. It, yeah, it does suck, and that's one of the the downsides of living on the West Coast. Um, I mean, granted, it does make for some the aircraft that are used to fight those wildfires are pretty cool to photograph, you know, to take photos of. But you know, obviously, we don't we don't want to be taking photos of them for the reason that they're being used, right? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I just meant like the haze, the quality of the images. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah, there's that, and yeah, it's. Well, you know, you'll, you'll find a way to start shooting around it. It's it's not terrible. Uh, you know, the sunrises and sunsets can be kind of cool with the with the glow, but or with the sun. But yeah, no, the yeah, no, it sucks. <laughs> it yeah, just it sucks. sucks. Like I, it's can't a, it does suck. <laughs> no, no, trust me. I've been living in this. I've been living wildfire smoke for twenty. How old am I? Twenty six years. So yeah, I'm, yeah. But um, so, where did you go to college at? So you said you worked for Raython out of out of college. Yeah. So, so I started college when I was fourteen. Um, wow. Yeah. I went to a couple different community colleges for like the first three years. So that was local Connecticut um, community colleges. And then I transferred to a little school in Massachusetts called Western New England University. And they had some really good connections with um, Raytheon. And um, I was doing a pro- program that was also kind of had this um, business analytics um, business uh, intelligence software program kind of like woven into it and that experience got me into Raytheon um, which I loved I really loved working for them they were a great company um, I-, I loved working on the F-35 program and everything so um, I knew I wanted to go into defense in some way but I actually started working for the Department of State while I was in college so for a while I was kind of leaning towards diplomacy, which very much took ter- took a turn when I got an offer from a defense contractor. So yeah, um, different path entirely. But um, really happy that uh, I I got where I I where I ended up. So yeah. I got my degree in international relations, and mm-hmm. I thought I was going to do a little dipl- you know, diplomatic stuff yeah. as well. So, but now I work in the aviation field. But um, no, that's that's pretty cool. Um, uh, I started. I had some concurrent credit back in high school. I did a NASA class cool. in high school, which was gave me some engineering credit that went towards that. And yeah, that's yeah, I love it. Concurrent credit is the way to go, man. If you have the, if any kids are out there listening and you have opportunities for AP or concurrent credit, take it. Absolutely, it saves you a, a lot of money. Yeah, so much money. A lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it's so important. I mean, like, it was weird. I won't lie. Transferring into a four-year degree as a junior. Um, as a 17 year old um but looking back i wouldn't have done it any other way and even just saving a semester 
a year of of time and money it it helps and i i don't understand why more kids don't do that <laughs> you know what i mean it's like just get it out oh, of the yeah. way right now so um yeah, that's that's kind of what I did, but everyone's different, obviously. So, how did you get into aviation photography then? So, <laughs> um, I moved out here, and my apartment is the closest apartment to the runway. And I didn't, I I knew it was gonna be close because I wanted a place that was gonna be a nice commute to work, but I had no idea what. I would be seeing every single day. I hadn't seen the jets fly. I had worked on them and and worked the purchasing contracts and, and managed the, this global supply chain for the engine for a year and I had never gotten to see them fly. And I got to my new apartment. I was moving my stuff in and Bayo was practicing that day. And I was like, I, I wanna take a picture of it, but nothing was, no picture on my phone was doing it justice and I was like I was a little peeved I was like I'm like I don't <laughs> want to show people what what I'm seeing it was it was really for like you know my friends and family so that I could kind of show them show folks back at home in Connecticut what what I was seeing and what I was going to be working on for for my new job and I, I wanted a way to be able to capture that um so my dad sent me our family camera that we'd used for like the last 10, 15 years. Just a basic, basic Sony. Like, I don't even think it could change lenses. Like, it was a really just simple family vacation camera. And it was better, but I knew that I could do so much better. So I reached out to a now a good friend of mine. Um, and I was like, hey... Uh, I see you're doing aviation photography. Um, I don't understand how any of this works. I need help. Um, how how do you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, just any any advice on how to get started would be great. Yeah. And he was so good. He was so great and, and walked me through everything. I got a better camera. Not a great camera, but I got a better camera and a, a decent lens. And I mean, we would meet once a week and just kind of go over, okay, how are you, are you using ISO? How are you using shutter speed? I had no idea how to use a camera. I had never used manual in my entire life. Um, and we would just kind of go over the basics and, you know, we would have like lunch and edit a little bit and it was awesome. I, I really, I'm, I'm so grateful for mentors because I, networking and mentorship, it got me to where I am now, both in my career and also with my hobbies. This is a really good community for mm -hmm. mentorship. There's a lot of people out there that want to support yes. one another. So it's really awesome that that, that they did that for you. Um, but that's really cool. But, man, it's, it's really cool to see that someone who just awesome like, I want to get a photo of it, and it just is turned in just to get – I want to get – I want to watch Bayo just yeah. kill it. <laughs> and so I can share it with my friends and family, and now it's just, it's just snowballed into just yes. a lot of other things, which I think that's it really, has, really yeah. cool. And – it's also just it's also nice that you know you you know you're you're somewhat self-taught but you have that you have the, the, mm -hmm. the community behind you to make to to watch you succeed and, and watch you start from where you were where you once were to where you are and where you're going yeah. to go because you know like you're not you're not gonna you know your first camera you're not gonna go out and spend no. twelve thousand no. dollars on the setup right <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> even though I'm some sure people some even though some people, people do, and that's great for them but I mean. 
I want to spend time developing my craft and developing my abilities and and more so making sure that my the the passion behind it is is intact long before I ever invest, you know, bank into a a, a good camera and some good lenses. But we're getting there and we're getting there very quickly, quickly. Oh, yes. More quickly than I think I thought I would. Um so heads up jets are taking off so if you wanted to cut things out go right ahead but personally i think it it's the ambiance oh no hell no <laughs> hell no we're, we're leaving leave this it. in here we are leaving we are leaving f35 yes, noise in important. here uh we've been doing we've been Keep doing night coming. practices uh with we should be doing them at least through february but i'm not sure oh cool we the a10s when i live where i was living this time last year the i was right on the base to final turn for the a10s for one zeros over in boise so every recording of a10 noise oh, that's heavenly going on that's heavenly we get one a10 takeoff maybe like every other week and i almost never hear it like i have to kind of be paying attention because it's quieter than what i'm normally listening to um, but it's always just like, I'm like, what is that? And then I look outside, I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> well, don't, well, uh, well, apparently, uh, well, people around here who live next to the airport think the A-10 is the most deafening really? aircraft oh they've ever heard in I their lives. I think they take off a lot higher than the other jets do. And. No, they, these, they really? kill them low. They have to, oh, they man. ground effect it out, out here. here. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Here. No, it's it's they keep it pretty low, but but then the south side of the Boise Airport, there's nothing out there, so they just turn out south and don't fly over the city for noise abatement, unless you're on an IFR departure, which they have been doing lately because of the weather. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, and then we have we had Marine F-35s out here, we which really too. really was that fun. Was but well, uh, and they took off so low, which lower than our locals do, and it was just so much fun to see them. Um, I, I, I didn't get to see them land the first round that they went out, which is a bummer because they did use the vertical landing. And I was like, they... Really? They actually, they actually went actually it wasn't full, full on vertical, vertical? But they did turn the engine down, which m- makes me oh, just blush. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. Oh. Just freak of engineering. <laughs> well, you're going to hate me for this because... That's that's uh, all they that's all they did the here second, on Boise when they were coming in. They all bother, had the which is the one that I got to see. But oh well, you know. <laughs> you just saw them. Well, anyway, let's uh, you, it's, how about this? Let's 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 keep moving on. Let's keep discussing some stuff and uh, well, and let's uh, let's do all that good stuff. How about that? So you said you just got yourself you sent the family camera and then you got yourself another setup. So let's talk about some camera gear. So Okay. What what did you use and what are you currently using right now? So I don't even know what I had. I don't, <laughs> I don't uh, who cares? Um what I'm working with right now is a I stuck with Sony because I don't I, I don't like to break tradition. Um so it's a Sony Nex seven, which is an early alpha it's kind of like you walk into picture line which is like this local salt lake store camera store and i'm like hi i have a sony next seven they're like we don't know what that is and i'm like look it up and then they look it up and they're like oh oh (laughs) oh (laughs) it's that thing it's old it's really i think it's like early 2000s um so i got it used like i said i got something to learn on yeah and um it was kind of a going away gift from my dad, which was really nice of him because he, you know, he saw that I was really into 
you know, taking pictures of the planes. And he's like, how about this? For your going away gift, this is what I want to get you. And I'm like, you're the best. Um, and it's worked out wonderfully. It's it's used. It's a little damaged. It was obviously someone's hiking camera at mm. some time. I've got it cleaned twice. And both times they were like, sorry, dude. Like, this is stuck on here. So there's some speckles Oof. in some of my shots, which I absolutely hate. But... It, like I said, it's something to learn on. Yeah. Um, but, for lenses, I have a 70 to 210 uh, Minolta, so another really old off-brand one. Um, and then I also have the adapter, which is an E to A mount adapter. Okay. Cool. So, the nice thing about the Next 7 is that it's a crop sensor. I don't think I would be able to get the shots that I'm getting if it wasn't a crop sensor because it's such a small little lens yeah yeah so, that, that, that's that is that is pretty handy that's kind of a weird zoom range as well it it's is. like 70 it's to like 210 it's that's enough. it's almost enough and when i'm going out to take pictures i do okay the 210 with the crop it's fine yeah it's when i want to take pictures from my house and i'm right next to the uh runway but, but they get so much altitude by the time that they're in front of my house, even though it's right next to it, um, that they're, they're a little far. And I think a 300 or 400 would, would honestly just put me in that perfect range um, to get good shots from my bedroom, which is kind of the point of living next to a base. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's definitely time to upgrade gear. And, and I know that. And I've been like thinking about it and thinking about money but um mm. like i said i, I want to develop myself and my craft and my skills as much as i can um before dropping coin um, oh, yeah. but I, th I think that time has come how about this too is where do you want to go next with your camera setup like like what's like the body and the lens you've been eyeballing now that you want to upgrade to <sighs> so i've been i want to stick with sony um i've been looking at the sony a7 III the Sony a7 IV, um, I don't really think that the, the 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 upgrades that they made between the 3 and the 4 are that important for me. From what I understand, it, it's, it's going to be better for someone doing video. So I've been eyeing the 3, so the Sony Alpha 7 III. Lenses, I'm looking at 100 to 400. Just a good That's a good range, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I run a Canon 5D Mark IV with the 100-400 USM II, and um, I just got a 1.4 tele extender, the Mark III, one mm. of the newer ones. I've been testing that out, and oof, she's so far so good. That's great. That's awesome. I, man, I went to Nellis for my birthday, and I tried out a friend's camera, that was a Canon. Was it Santos? And I, didn't, I, I didn't like it. Yeah, it was Santos. <laughs> and <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't about a name drop, but here I am. Oh no, trust me. Um, I'm trying to get on, on this. I've been trying to get on this goddamn podcast because he's a, he's a listener to it. So I know he's listening <laughs> to this one. So my God, my friend. Listen, listen. He is going. He's gonna he's gonna laugh at me for this. It was a wonderful experience to use the Canon. It it really was. The arm The, the lens was. It was a smaller one, but it was still bigger than what I was working with, obviously. It's bigger than what and anyone it, else it, is working it, with, too. I, shit. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was a dream. But I'm going to be honest. I like my Sony setup. Like, I like the user interface of Sony. 
Um, while canon was a lot more, I think, versatile, mm-hmm. and the lens was beautiful, I'm still just like, but I'm used to Sony. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's not a reason to like not do something, but just in terms of like the user interface of the actual camera itself, how to how to focus, um, how to take the picture, how to change the settings. The Sony setup makes a lot more sense to me because it's what I've always had, even as a kid. Yeah. So I don't know. As as wonderful as Canon is, and I I I accept the jokes for using Sony. Um, I I like Sony. Hey, I use Pentax from two thousand. When I first started, my 2010 to like 2020, when I went to my 5D, I went from K1000D to K30 to K3. So I know I was like, oh, I'll go Pentax to K1, but there are no good lenses or no good telephoto lenses for Pentax. <laughs> and, the Sig- <laughs> and, the, and the Sigma stuff was was just up to par. You know, there's no and came that's out. kind of the problem with Minolta is like, I don't know if if you know much about Minolta, but it's a really old brand and. And they didn't make very large lenses. So my 210 is pretty much the biggest that's out there for a Minolta. And a Minolta goes very well on a Sony. If you're going to go off brand with a Sony, it's okay to go with a Minolta. But you walk into a, an old-fashioned camera store and you're like, Hey, I'm looking for something bigger than a 210. And they stick up their nose and they go, Why would you need anything bigger than a 210? Yeah. And then I'm like, I... Never mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never mind, boomer. <laughs> Never mind, dude. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'll just go get Sony lenses. Yeah. Sorry for bothering you. So, I'm definitely sad to leave the old-fashioned, you know, Minolta. It was definitely fun to learn on, but, you know, I gotta upgrade. I've, I've exhausted what this gear can do for me, and and I'm kind of proud of that, you know? Yeah, you should be. You really should be. So what? So what do you shoot? So you shoot. So you said you, you you start shooting manual. So is that what you you mainly shoot with your setup? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I probably keep it for takeoff sixteen hundred sh- shutter speed. Um, <laughs> with between the haze and um the kind of gear that I'm working with, it's better to keep it at a lower ISO because the more I bump it up, even to a two hundred or four hundred ISO it grains out completely. And I mean, I've I've learned a lot about post um, and, and how to fix that to an extent, but I don't, I'd rather not mess with it too much because then you can tell. So, I mean, I'm, I try to keep it in that 100 to 200 ISO range just for the sake of the the noise. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Um, I, I, my old K30 was like you hit 400 and it was just grainy as shit. Yeah, so um, I landings. Yeah. Landings. I've been doing sixteen hundred or twelve fifty shutter speed, which typically works out fine, um, depending on how fast they're coming in, and you can usually tell um, just from you know watching <laughs> yeah. how fast it's going to be. And then for the heavies, I can usually get away with a twelve fifty um, shutter speed. So. It just kind of depends on what I'm shooting, but I like to keep it in that range. Um, and especially since Hill doesn't have a whole lot of variety, um, we just have F35s for our and fighter And some squadrons. other depots. And some other cool depot so, stuff okay. that comes the in. Depots, the depots are great, but it's not like you're going to go out and guarantee to see a, a, a depot yeah. uh, jet. 
So you're guaranteed to see 35, so that means I probably keep it on 1600 pretty much every day. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, nothing wrong seeing that 35 every day until it's like becomes an A, until it becomes an A10 where it's like, oh, that's 584. Oh, okay, I've seen that one how many times already this year? Okay. The only the only bird that I'm actually actively trying to catch is the heritage hog up here. Of course, that's I was at, fun. I was at Costco today. And the Costco Boise is right underneath the approach path for a 1-0. And I push my cart out, and I'm looking up, like, oh, here come the A-10s. I'm like, that'd be kind of funny if there's a heritage hog. And then, of course, I see the white tail stripe, and I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> no, the, the best things pass over you when you don't have your camera. I, well, you know, well, actually, <laughs> um, it, my camera was in my car uh, in the passenger seat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just walking I've back, and I'm there. like... I'm like, oh, it's a heritage hog. Yay. God dang it. Great. Okay. Well. That well. happens. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, let's move it on, shall we? So let's start getting to the more aviation specific stuff, if you're okay with that. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's get her going. So I'm assuming your favorite airport to go take photos at is Hill, or am I wrong? I guess it depends on what I'm trying to do. I mean, I love I love Hill because I live here and I feel very much connected to the mission here because I work here. Um, so for me, spotting at Hill isn't just, oh, they have nice planes. It's for me, it's, oh, I can look at that plane and I know exactly what parts I've worked on, what parts I bought, helped repair, um, supported, uh, and, and that, that to me, is a big reason of why I spot to begin with. Um, so there's there's a lot more personal um, sentiment associated with spotting at Hill. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. Spotting at Nellis is just an absolute dream because of the variety. So at the same time, that's kind of like a treat for me. So it's a, it's a total treat to go to Nellis, even though it's kind of close. Like, I kind of just, like, save it for something special. Like, I went for my birthday. I'm going to be going to Red Flag. And getting a chance to see more than, you know, the same three jets is really fun and really unique. Um, but just for the sake of getting to see different jets. Um, but for me, I guess the best airport would be Hill because it's it's more personal. I'll, there's always that, that, that personal connection to that yeah. makes airports more significant. I mean, mm-hmm. an example for me is I uh, I have been honored and privileged enough to go shoot on the flight line of Mount Home Air Force Base quite a bit. That's uh, not not outside of air shows, like actual like missions. And for me, growing up in southern Idaho, Gunfighter Skies happen relatively every year. And I've been going to Gunfighter Skies since Mountain Home had B1s. And, you know, it's it's a very personal thing for me to go out there and I tell all these pilots that I can actually see are my friends. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was out here in 2003 when a Thunderbird ejected. Oh, my God. And they're like, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I was here. I was at this show. I was six years, six, seven years old. I can go point out exactly where I was. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. And actually, kind of a cool little tidbit. The other day, I got a. I had the also the other the honor and privilege of shooting from the tower at Mountain Home Air Force Base. Nice. Um, and I stood exactly where that Thunderbird shot was taken. The ejection shot. I stood exactly where that happened at. Wild. I, yeah, That's so that cool. was. Yeah, it was really fun. That was a great, great, great day. Awesome Feeney flight. Siren 
Siren freaking killed it that day. Siren, shout out to you and Sonic for sending it. You guys are awesome. Um, hashtag fly, fly like a girl. So, <laughs> so Mountain Home is very personal for you. Like is it is. Yeah, <laughs> see, yeah. Same with like. See, well, also for example, same with Nampa Municipal Airport. Um, right. For for me, I live. I currently live on the downwind for two nine Nampa. I took my first ever takeoff and landing at Nampa Airport. Um, I got. I've have childhood memories at that airport and i live right next to the airport and i love taking photos of the general aviation at that airport and it just so happened last year the f-35 came to nampa to do the heritage flight yes, Granted, she, that. She, yeah. she, she didn't land no she but she's still she's still she's still oh gosh she just didn't do more than the flyover she let freedom ring did she oh that makes me so happy like all i knew is that she went <laughs> that is she <laughs> sent it like circled and then of course she had some extra gas and she's doing the formation with the nampa p40s like the legendary mm-hmm. p40s that are based out of there these movie stars Fun. and you know full burner passes down the runway and all that just it was it just it just seeing a jet aircraft out there for that show i mean i've seen the f86 and a mig 15 at that show that's cool and that's the only time i've really seen a jet but see like an like a jet an jet. f35 <laughs> yeah like a fifth generation aircraft mm-hmm. over Nampa, over the oldest airport in the state of Idaho, flying with the, the my childhood aircrafts that I've seen, was just freaking epic. Yeah, that's that's an experience. That's like a fundamental human experience. That's cool. And also, the last time I saw that F thirty five demo or anything related to it was Dojo back in Nellis twenty nineteen. So what's been a back minute? before? It's been a, yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen the F thirty five demo, not mm-hmm. necessarily the F thirty five itself, but yeah. just seeing that, you know, the undice the they actually you know, they'll take the training wheels off and then of course I love she left. She did a full on burner pass of went sixteen thousand on to Salt Lake Center and went directly to Mountain Home Range Complex and hit the supersonic quarter between the the Mountain Home Range Complex and the Uter and she was home like in twenty minutes. Yeah, that just sounds epic. (laughs) That's just like that's just the higher form of existence. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. I'm just here taking pictures. (laughs) I'm just here taking pictures of Bayo. You know, no big deal. Yeah. So, So what's your favorite? I'm assuming your favorite airplane to spot is also the F-35. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I when I when I moved out here, I realized that everyone was used to two things: the mountains and the jets. And I told myself when I moved here, I'm like, I will never, ever, ever, ever be quote unquote used to the mountains or the jets. I'm like, this is a new and amazing element of my life that I did not have before, and that is a promise I made to myself that I will never just like not look up. And not appreciate it. So yeah, my, my favorite aircraft is the 35. I mean, it's the first one I got assigned um, when I was at Raytheon. And then um, when I got taken off the program, uh, COVID messed everything up uh, pretty much for the oh, rest yeah. of the world. Oh, yeah. But um, and I can talk about that after. But when I got taken off the program, my parents took me to uh, Vermont National Guard, uh, Green Mountain Boys. So... Um, they were the first guard unit to have a 35 squadron, which was really special. And I had never seen the jet before. And I remember turning that corner to go into the hangar, and it was just there. And it was, like, surreal. 
And I'm like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But I didn't get to see it fly. So when I got to Utah and I'm moving into my apartment and I'm signing my lease and I hear something take off and it shook the house, I was like, uh, what? And the, oh my God, the, the manager of the complex was like, oh, that happens sometimes. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't a bad thing. This is a, are you, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Like, this is my new reality. And it's just an element of my life that I love so much that I just get to like be around these jets. And yeah, the F-35 is like the most beautiful thing to me in the entire universe. So hands down, that's how my life is going. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I wonder how long it would take for me to get, you know, I was thinking about, like, if I had to go back to the airport or live near the airport, would I get tired of it? And my answer would have been no, no because I could have take I could have take photos from my mm-hmm. front my front yard when I lived like with my with a with a friend of mine like literally like I could go step out if we're on one zeros. Actually, I have a really awesome photo of a Stewart C seventeen banking over my old house because we were like right there and it's like full on topside bank off departure. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I've, house spotting is fantastic. Oh my goodness, I can sit on the edge of my bed and just kind of pull back the window, and I can take pictures. And and it's it's just the most amazing thing. I I just moved that into awesome. a new apartment, which is actually closer to the runway. It's two buildings up, so it's two big buildings closer to the runway, um, which means they're a little bit lower than they were initially. Um, so that's been fun. But like getting the heavies. It's like I'm. I feel like I'm right eye level with them. Uh, it, wow. It's weird. It's like it's it's surreal. It's it's an awesome awesome thing about about my life that I I wouldn't change ever. You know. So I know it's like apartment, yeah, and someday I'm sure cool. I'd love to get a house, but not right now. <laughs> I'm living the dream. <laughs> now, yeah. For now, it's it's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty jealous <laughs> of that. So. Yeah, I mean, and so now this question is also it's similar but it's it's mm-hmm. not but uh, like this is your favorite airplane favorite airplane period not it's not take a photo of this is your favorite uh, yeah okay yeah <laughs> like I know that sounds really just uneventful and a little bit cheesy but it, it's it's not even about having a favorite airplane it's about the one I just get to feel most connected to and that sometimes that changes yeah like so like I've been doing a lot of f22 contracts at work and lately I won't mm-hmm. lie I've loved the f22 and that I, I can't believe I'm saying that <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm just <laughs> like what and I'm like I catch myself and I'm like whoa I didn't even know that was like within me. So I don't even think it's necessarily about having a favorite airplane. It's just about the connection that I get to have with with them. And a lot of times it has to do with work. That being said, um, my my grandfather um, was uh, based in Westover, Massachusetts, and they have C5s. So whenever I get to see C5s, it's a very personal thing for me. And so it's, yeah. it's not even necessarily that I have like a favorite. It's just that that connection makes it that much more meaningful. And sometimes, depending on the day, <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially with work, that will change. So, yeah, I mean, 
Of course, I feel very connected to the 35 because a lot of the contracts that I do are 35s, but sometimes it's 22s, you know? Sometimes it's A10s. Um, and lately, I know this is kind of unrelated, but I've been doing a lot of missile contracts too, and the missile operations here on base are also really yeah. interesting. So, yeah, it's it's a different side of the Air Force that we, I don't think a lot of people talk about because you really can't, but it's it's so fascinating. It's it's just a whole other thing. Really cool is when I was at the Hill Air Show back in 2019, when was the last one? 2018, 2018 or 2019? Twenty I think it was like 2019, I can't remember, but... Um, well, you know, you, you drive in, and you so where we parked mm-hmm. at, to park the car before we took the shuttle up to the air show itself, it's, like, right where they would put the <laughs> missile, like, lowered into the ground. It's, like, all the little radiation symbols around it. Granted, the warhead is not there. This is, they don't bring the warhead there. That goes somewhere else. Where I have no idea where that goes, and I'm not going to even talk about that yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's, it's a weird place. I know exactly what you're talking about. It um, is, yeah. But it's really cool is they also had one of the trucks yep. on display that actually yep, transports it. And that was on display. That was really so cool to a see. a fun fact about Hill, and this is unclassified, um, a fun fact about Hill is that we do a lot with the Minuteman 3. And real quick, I just want to note for those that don't know what the Minuteman 3 is, that is America's intercontinental ballistic the, missile. The OG, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like... Yeah. And it's still, yeah, that is like that is the missile level in the world. Like that is what is 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 what's in the silos currently. The only missile, the only missile, because we don't we, we don't, don't talk about any of because the Titans are. I don't know. I thought the I thought the Minuteman was the only U.S. ICBM still in service. I don't know the Titan see, two is or not, but I thought, I I thought the Minuteman. Technically, if you count just ICBMs, yes, it's just the Minuteman three at this point. So. Besides the Polaris and like, the subs, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. different. That's a C. That's so an SLB. So here's the thing about the Minuteman Three and and Hill's mission is, we we have a one remaining arms control treaty with Russia. It's called the New Start Treaty, and the New Start Treaty says that we have to disclose where every missile is, every part of a missile, every piece, every uh, computer part. Anything that has to do with it, we have to disclose to Russia. And they do the same for us. So the three programs under this treaty are the D-5s or the Navy, the Minuteman 3, and the... um, I think it's the B-52. But um, anyway, so it's those three programs that we have to disclose, and then they disclose, you know, their programs as well. And they, they they are allowed to come here once or twice a year and do a tour of the base and also our off-base facilities um, to make sure that and and count every single missile that we have and and missile product um, to make sure that we're being honest and we do the same we go over there so it's it's actually a really interesting thing you mentioned those trucks they have to keep those trucks open when the russians come because they have to look in every uh, storage facility, and they want to make sure that we're not hiding anything in the trucks. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. That is pretty cool. And that, you know, I'll, I'll I'll put a link in the description for like a Wikipedia article about New Start if you yeah, if anyone um, wants to read about a that. Department but. of State page, and I can send you the link that explains it really well um, and all the different parameters. And also, to kind of, something to consider is it's ending soon, and they they haven't decided it what is. they're going to do. It next. is, yeah.
Yeah, it's like what after the salt yep. treaties, I the believe. Salt, yep. dis, dis, and the salt, and then salt, then original start, which was to which was to Gorbachev and Reagan. Then that went into new start with Medvedev and Obama. Um, yeah, that was. I'm, you know, I mean, being an international yeah. relationship with a Russian emphasis to stuff it's is so fascinating to me. And it's weird to think that there is such a crossover between international relations and diplomacy, and then also defense and and air dominance. Because I, I feel like when I switched careers, I was like, oh man, I have to throw all that in the trash. I used to work for the embassy in Russia. No, that was my job. So being able to kind that of is, learn about this stuff oh and, and see it in real time has been such a treat, but also kind of eye-opening and like, okay, this is this a career plan or is this just something to just be aware of and, and you know, share? Yeah. So it's been fun, <laughs> needless to say. That's pretty cool. One of, my, one of my college professors was in the embassy of Russia cool. in Moscow. And then he then he went down to he was in Peace Corps went to uh, Tbilisi wow. for a bit, so that's really that's honestly like I, if 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 this whole Ukraine situation, which honestly we can, we can talk, talk for an I'm for yeah, pretty sure you time. and I can talk for an hour about the Ukraine, the political situation in Ukraine right now because the listener is no, not going to care no, about that. I know I would be have a great conversation about that. International but affairs. This talk. is this is not this is not. I was actually planning on to vi- visiting Tbilisi, uh, and he actually knows still knows some people over there that can get me over, like dodging South Ossetia and, Ad- and Abkhazia, going out to the Black Sea and all risk? that. <laughs> oh well, uh, here's the great thing about me is I'm a dual Ooh, citizen, so I have a Canadian passport. Spicy. So actually, I could, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's so I have ways, but no, it's it's been really cool to experience that just because my 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 thesis really? was in that area. That's so cool. And, and oh yeah, I was yeah Russia, Russia and the Caucasus, you know Azerbaijan. My my main my main discussion was was the Nagorno Karabakh between Azerbaijan and, and Armenia. The whole the whole situation is my big thing. Is any like world conflict was going to spark off from in that region? Which <laughs> well, uh-huh. guess what? Don't I'm you love right. it when the thesis that um, you write is correct? It's the greatest. <laughs> uh, let's just say some. I don't want no, no, it to be correct. No, no, okay, no one wants it to be correct, <laughs> I'm just but saying. I'm just but, saying. It's just like a huh, yeah. So I'm not an yeah. idiot, you know what I mean? Hmm. Well, yeah, I actually did my and research really, and it, I'm doing it was my correct. Thesis right now, for my, I'm doing a master's in military operations, and it's been very interesting. But I'm I'm also just kind of focusing on Russian hybrid warfare and air dominance, and kind of like just exploring those two things because like initially I thought thought of them as very separate and I'm very quickly learned that they're very much intertwined um like look at the the Wagner Va- the Wagner group you ever Wagner group with uh what's this for Dmitry Prizogov Prizogov is in charge of that yeah that's Russian contractors that were in Syria but they're but, but they're like Russian soldiers that aren't Russian soldiers, and it gives Russia plausible deniability. We can talk about like, like this. I said, we can talk all about this. It is, it is, it is incredible just the amount of stuff that is going on in the world with like you know Russia's plausible deniability in Syria and all around the world, um, trying to emphasize their post you know they want to get back to that superpower status of the soviet what's, union what's, what's weird with, um, and, and maybe but, this is why I, I brought it up to begin with is is it a, it feels like it's far away but the world is increasingly getting smaller planes are getting faster missiles are getting more powerful and um 
things like this, it's close to home. I mean, I just told you, like, th this is happening half a mile from my house. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all of a sudden, at least for me, and maybe it's just because I'm young, you know, I'm only 21. It, I, everything feels like it's so much more closer to home now. And I don't know if anyone else is feeling like that, but I, I think it's kind of valuable to at least acknowledge, you know what I mean? When we are taking pictures of, of airplanes and we are taking pictures of actual war fighters that, that, that deploy and, and, and fight battles we know nothing about. It's like, okay, it's, it's just something to keep in perspective when we are, you know, enjoying this hobby that, that these are fighting machines that are fighting wars that, that could very, very, very quickly become, uh, domestic and hot. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just something to keep in mind. You know what I mean? And it's something that I've had to keep in mind, especially as, you know, my friends are, um, and engaging in these missions that are difficult and, um, and that could also be really hot really quickly. So, I don't know. It's just something to think about, you know. It really is. And is it true, uh, I've heard this keeping on the missile talk, is people will see steam coming up from the ground from hill during the winter because um, of all the underground stuff that goes on for that? Things. <laughs> okay, next question. All right, you have a least favorite airplane to spot? Um, so, uh... Hmm. I... The 16s are fun when they come out of depot because a lot of the depot test pilots are ballsy. But it's not fun oh, yeah. when they're not. So I guess I'll just say when the depot pilots aren't ballsy is when it's not fun. <laughs> or, or like when a random yeah. like yeah, when he... commercial plane comes through and it's like or uh, like a civilian plane and I'm like mm, wrong one runway bro like I'm, I think you're trying to go to Ogden <laughs> so I don't know how that happens so even like so so on the side so you're not a big civilian spotter like seven four sevens and like heavy like seven threes and all I that I think it's fun and and, and you get a lot of practice thing. with it too, and when stuff. Like you, do, like, starting, you try certain. It was certain, cool to certain, go to Salt know. Lake and kind of sit at the parking garage, and you know, end up spending like six bucks in parking because you let your hour go. And I'm like, okay, that was fun to you know get some mountains in the background, and, and it's just practice. Um, but what I'm quickly learning is that the Salt Lake spotters are getting a lot more military stuff than I realized, and now I'm kind of just like, hmm. Maybe I need to be driving down to Salt Lake more, but I don't know. It's it's fun when I see something unique here at Hill. Like sometimes the um, the Patriots plane gets contracted out to to carry troops to different kinds of trainings oh, across yeah. the country, and that's always a real treat for me to see something like that. I've seen Air Force One. That's always fun. But like in terms of just like regular commercial um, aviation, it's just not really something that i've really gotten interested in yeah i mean I, I lived near bradley airport growing up so it's just like i've always seen them and it's it's always fun to see and i like tracking them i like looking them up up on like flight radar 24 um and seeing where they're going and i mean i love to travel whenever i'm in the airport i'm like ooh, planes but it's not in terms of like aircraft spotting and photography not not my favorite I mean, still, you know, that 747 or like an A3, 
fifty or something like that, kind of like that. Comes in a hill, oh, and it's like golden can, hour with right, the beautiful mountains in the background. Like you can't pass, you can't pass that off. Image, like I can, I can appreciate them. Just like in terms of going out and actually trying to like chase them and spot them. To me, I, I, I don't really, I don't do that. But, 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 but. Yeah. Um, I remember during COVID, um, I had just started working for for Raytheon, and it was. It was weird. Like, I was in the office. My office was right next to Bradley Airport. Again, right near the runway. Um, And it was so much fun. And then when COVID hit, I got sent home. And not having airplanes was rough. And I didn't realize how much I appreciated, even though I was all about the military aviation, I didn't realize how much I appreciated hearing them, like, just regular planes and, and seeing them in the sky. So... I do appreciate them for their value of giving people the ability to fly. And I think that's important. Um, So I will say that. And then when I got moved to the commercial aviation industry during my second half of my employment um, in the private sector, um, I did learn a lot about the commercial parts and the planes. So I know know some stuff. It's just still not my favorite thing to take pictures of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's fair. It's not everybody's cup of tea and all that. I mean, hey, you know, it really. It, I mean, I have people that like, oh, I'm not, I'm not into the military. Or, oh, I'm not into civilian. Absolutely. You know, whatever Absolutely. makes you happy, whatever makes you camera <laughs> click. So, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna. I mean, I love spotting both. I mean, I you know, even though my 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 social media and some other po- uh, some other stuff I post mm-hmm. is leaning somewhat military. I mean, uh, for example, we just had some diversions come in from Boise. You know, we had some Delta 757s and some A3, A220s. Salt Lake and Seattle and Portland, it's like, man, that's common. And Boise, it ain't common. So, you know, I went out there and I got some fantastic photos of the A220, which is the best narrow body there is right now. <laughs> don't dis- don't at me. I used to work for Southwest. I know the Max is the baby, but my God, I've flown the A220. Airbus just makes good planes. And well, technically, it's not an Airbus. It was built by Bombardier Canada. Really? Tested Bombardier? Bases. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, here, just kind of a quick little tidbit. Uh, so, for those that don't know, the Airbus A220 started life out as the Bombardier C Series. Um, Bombardier is horrendously bad at marketing. Um, and actually, they did test flights in they so they based it out of Wichita because they also have their their business jet sector in Wichita, would be building the Global Expresses. So they tested the aircrafts out of Wichita, and the C series came to Boise in 2015 and 2016 as a test aircraft. So I've actually been watching the development of this aircraft for a long time, um, and so there were very few orders of it. You know, it's just obviously Air Canada bought some just because, you know, close. you know, can- Canadian <laughs> Canadian company supply but chain. Once Air, so <laughs> yeah, and also, but then so then Airbus bought a fifty had a fifty bought a fifty one percent stake in the A220. So they took it over and they rebranded it and now it's kicking ass. Because Airbus actually knows how to market an aircraft. They do. So instead of the C series, they redesigned the A220. Um, so it's it's so technically it's not it, so so it is built in mobile for the US airlines to get around the, the tariff that Boeing kind of lobbied for after the whole fiasco with the Canadian Super Hornet and all that. You know, kind of saying F you to Boeing for you know, saying no to the Super Hornet. Um, so <laughs> the drama, they're building, the they're drama bu- of this industry yeah. is just <laughs> the drama of international terrorists, man. I tell you what, but uh, yeah, and so 
now that Bombardier is no longer in it, and the Bombardier sold, freaking uh, they sold the da- the to have the Dash Eight to Viking Air, and then they sold the rights to the CRJ program to Mitsubishi. So Bombardier is literally out of aviation, which is sad because now that C series is literally changing the game. It's a clean slate design. Um, I've talked to podcast, you know, people, you guys, the listener, you guys can listen back. You know, my point with this is. The C-Series is a clean slate design. The 737 MAX is based off a, a 1960s aircraft and technically a 1950s frame with a 7.0. Airbus A320, the Neos are based off the 70s design Airbuses. So, you really you know, said the diff- golden age worked for us. Let's just keep it that way. Oh man! So trust me, you're gonna say that. You're 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 gonna say you're gonna say that now, and you're gonna fly on an A220 back going out east. You're gonna say, "Oh my God, Colin was right." (laughs) You're going to say that. Like, ah man, that dude. (laughs) You're like, like, damn it! Now I gotta go spot some A220s. Uh, someday. Yeah, but no, that's just that's just that you know. I that's my own personal opinion. The listener knows all about that. But um, so what? Uh, what about like any events or locations just outside of general photography? Have you? I mean, I know you're relatively new to aviation photography, but have you had those experiences like any air shows? Because I know COVID kind of ruined everything. But like any air shows, I know you've been you've been to a red no. flag. No. Right? No flag. <laughs> I'm going to Red Flag next week. I'm so excited. It's my first one. Hell yeah. Um, no, I haven't been to any air shows. I, I get to see Bayo do her thing um, once a week. So that's kind of like my little air show. And I can literally just lay in bed and she literally buzzes yeah. my window. Like, I... It sh- nice. I, sh- I really have to check on my fishbowl like a couple times a day because <laughs> I'm so worried that it's just going to, you know, vibrate right off the counter. Kill your fish. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've had picture frames fall a couple times. But, um, so no, I haven't been to any air shows yet. I'm excited for the Hill Air, um, air Show. That's going to be a lot of fun. I will be there for that one also. I'll be driving down from That's Boise so for exciting. that. That's so exciting. I it's going to be such a good time and I got to figure out what I'm going to do. It's a great because, show. Like, obviously I can get on base, but I I've never been here for the for the air show. It's a pretty good location. That the light the light go usually the depot guys will bring all their stuff out like they have some it's like the writers are wrapped on depot they'd bring it out. Obviously with obviously with it's you know, it's yeah, it's 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 all the the, the, the the fun stuff is all paneled back up, but I thought like they'll obviously like when I was there in 2019 they had a Navy F20 F35 <laughs> on display I've with only, the wings folded. I've only they seen had the, one of those it, here, so <laughs> that's cool. They have a lot of C130s here, so that doesn't surprise me. But it's it's a lot cool. of C130s. It's cool to see everybody kind of showing off what they've been working on. Um, yeah, yeah. But, so that's gonna be fun. I got to go to Nellis uh, for my birthday last last year in November and that was kind of the first time I'd ever really traveled to spot so that was a lot of fun um but other than that I went home one time um to Connecticut and I did get to do some C-130 donuts uh and take some cool pictures and the um the Connecticut Air National Guard was like yo that's a sick picture (laughs) just like thanks you'll never see me again so Rest in oh. peace. <laughs> but other than that, no, it's it's been pretty just I don't know, domestic for me. It's it's just been very like yeah. this is what's outside my window and that's kind of how I intended it to be. You know, and initially I was never going to make a page. I 
I just made a website. And my mentor was like, girl, you need to make a page. And I'm like, mm, why? <laughs> like, all my family <laughs> just looks at the website. Like, I don't care. And it's, but I was getting to a point where I was like, no, I could, I could post this and someone would like it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and you just want to share, share exactly. it with the Exactly. I want to share what's outside my window. I'm in a group chat right now of some military aviation spotters that are Justin Hill. Um, Chris Chris is a part of it. And and it's been such a great experience to, to have that community. But I posted a, a picture, just, just a picture of what I had taken on my camera. I didn't even edit it or anything. I hadn't even uploaded it yet to my computer. And it was just a KC-135. Uh, and like I said, it looked eye level with with the plane, and they're like, "Where did you take that from?" And I'm like, "My bed." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, mm, "Party at Audrey's house." <laughs> and I'm just like, "No." You know what you need to start doing is you need to start charging spotters <laughs> like ten dollars an hour to go just to your to, to your bedroom like, and just okay, take photos, and you're just sitting there just chilling, editing photos, and they're just spotting there, you making money you off know, of it. Once oh, I have a bigger lens, my life is going to just get ten times better. And I know the pictures that are going oh, to yeah. be coming out of of just my camera are going to be significantly freaking awesome. awesome. I'm so excited because I have that place. I love your. You know, I've got that spot where I can just sit and just take pictures all day. So I'm excited. Love. I love your. I really do love your self confidence <laughs> with this. It is. It's, well, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my photos. But I love how you're like, no, this is going to come up next, and it's going to be freaking awesome. I love it. But like I, I said, love it, it was never supposed to be to impress people. It was just supposed yeah, to be just, just to showing the... off what I get to see every day. I'm like, it was supposed to be just capturing the, the essence of what I'm doing out here. I mean, moving away 2,300 miles from everyone I've ever known was hard and i think being able to have something to show for it it's it's motivating and it's exciting and yeah and now i mean now that i'm you know getting used to my camera i've been going on hikes i mean utah's the best place for it and not and <laughs> yeah well I'd, I'd shush, better. Shush, shush. anyway <laughs> no I, I will i will actually so don't worry I've been doing some nature photography as well and it's just same same deal i'm able to capture um, a moment, something special about what I'm doing out here, and I have something to show for all this hard work that I've put into coming out here, uh, completely rearranging my life, and and working really really hard and and to get to get myself here. So it's it's cool, you know. And yeah, it comes across as confident, but I'm just excited. Yeah, that's that is that's yeah that's that's great. That's a great way of putting it. It really is. So. How about a spotting story? So you've been down to the Nellis, you've seen Bayo Slay, <laughs> and you've just, seen, you've just been around some other people in the community. So do you have any spotting stories you would want to share with the listeners? I've been thinking about this because I, I remember you mentioned this. Um, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. There's, there's, I have a couple on, on my mind, but you, you can pick whichever one you like best, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. Sit. No, this so, this geek okay. out. Sam. I live really close. Obviously, I mentioned that because <laughs> that's all I mentioned. Um, and I spot really close uh, to the runway, so it's about a half mile down the street 
Um, I can get in my car. If I see something coming in, I can be at my spot if I hustle um, in about a minute and a half. There's a stoplight that makes me cry. But other than that, it's really close. <laughs> oh, we all have the stoplights. I, I have one, one also. And this is the most dangerous road. Yep. In this area, it is a horrible place to really spot because it's so dangerous. Um, but hey, you do what you got to do. And yeah, yeah. when I first started, I was just going out and taking pictures. And it was nice weather and it was great. And sometimes there'd be people out there with me and it was awesome. And I, I had nothing better to do. So I would sit out there for like two hours. And then one day, people hated me. I do not know what happened. I was like, this is awesome. I'm enjoying myself. And I had about seven different people come up to me, yell at me, swear at me, harass me, come come at me. Like some of them weren't even wearing like fully clothed, grabbing my camera, yelling at me, saying that what? I'm not allowed to take photos. And I've been doing this for about three to four months at that point. And I was just like, I don't feel safe anymore. <laughs> like, And it almost ruined it for me because I was just so bewildered that people were like coming at me like that. I was like, what is going on? And after that, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe it's too dangerous. And and I mean, if it, honestly, if it wasn't for these, you know, community of, of people that I, I've got around me here, I probably would have stopped. Because it was getting to the point, and it, was, it wasn't just one day. It was happening all the time. People pulling over, like, hitting on me or, or telling me that I'm not allowed to take pictures of the jets for security. I, I had my car searched by the police. Yeah. Really? It, it just, people were just really, really not really feeling the things I was doing out there. And all I'm doing out there is me and my little camera taking little pictures of planes and it was like come on <laughs> it's just like you know what you, you like you directly work with the program so you're like the like the least suspicious person I've doing it how to get around it and it's 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 taken a long time but i would say that was that was kind of a crazy crazy day because it was that one day i had never had that experience and then one day it was about six or seven people and it's it's occasional now people like honking at me, pulling over, asking if I need a ride. Um, sometimes some dude like who might be in the Air Force is like, oh, well, you can't take pictures. And I'm like, oh, well, yes, I can. <laughs> like, hell, I can. Like, You're an idiot. The rule is 20 feet. I am not within 20 feet. It'd be cool if I was, but I'm not. And I'm just like, and I'm not on base. I don't need a photo pass if I'm not on base. And, I mean, I've had security forces be like, no, you're fine. Like, we don't care. But, like, in police, they, they'll light me up. So, it's, it's just been weird um, getting used to that. And I've kind of learned through having a community of people to spot with that I'm a lot safer when I'm with somebody. So, if there's more than one car there, no one will mess with me. It's just when I'm by myself that it becomes a problem. So that's kind of a lesson learned um, about that. But I guess story number two, kind of similar. I went to the same spot 
and I was not planning to take pictures. I was on my way to a doctor's appointment and I saw a bunch of cars and I pulled over and I was like, it was Chris and Brad and a bunch of other people. I'm like, and, and Hank. So it was just like a bunch of people. I'm like, oh my God, why is everybody here? It's like, oh, we just saw a C5. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was so bummed. But I didn't have my camera or anything, and, and a bunch of jets just took off and did some crazy, crazy maneuvers, like things that I never see. And I was like, why is this happening to me right now? <laughs> like, why don't I have my camera? So, yeah, those are like two two random stories from that spot. So, yeah. Oh, is, is, that, the, is that the one that's, you have to, you, ha- you, you have to park below the the base you can't be in eyesight of the bases was that that spot so technically yeah i i don't know many spotters who actually do park that far for the for the most part like i said if i'm the only car there i'll probably go a little bit further down that road um but if there's other people especially for demo practice there's usually five to ten cars there so you're not going to get in trouble um, but if I'm, if I'm spotting at a weird time of day, like after rush hour or in the evening, I will get a ticket. So mm. it's just something that I have to just deal with. You know what I mean? So, but that's, that's, that would be eradicated if I had a bigger lens and I could just stay in my house, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and then it's like, all right, well, guess what? Never, no, never, not going to go back. So... Um, it's been it's been a really fun little adventure. I used to go out on my lunch breaks. Sometimes I still do bring a little sandwich and and just watch planes and it's it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, I mean I love I mean I've been following you for a little while now and Thanks. man you 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 have you, I mean it's just like yeah, she's good. Now she's like damn. She is really good. I need to get her on my podcast now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been such an interesting journey. And there have been a few people that I've, you know, been following since the beginning. And I I just think it's cool when they when they tell me. You know, like, hey, you know, I've been following you since the summer. And it's like, you're a completely different photographer now. And I'm just like, hell yeah. That's what progress looks like. <laughs> it's It's been really cool to just kind of grow in this hobby. And I wasn't sure what, what was going to become of it i wasn't sure if i was gonna burn out i wasn't I, I didn't know but this is this is important and it's it's um it's been really cool to kind of just start at literally square one and and continue to level up and i mean if i'm just getting started then then it's about to get really really fun so yeah well on the heels of that let's start wrapping it up so do you have any tips or words of encouragement for the listener so i kind of was thinking about this and I feel like a lot of, at least a lot of my friends lately in the community get burnt out really quickly, um, especially in the winter time when it comes to being able to spot and everything. And my biggest advice, this could be for any hobby, is to remember why you started. Um, you know, for me, it's because of, of that personal connection and, and my job and and that initial passion that, that has drawn me to these jets. 
But for some other people, that might be different. Like I know some some of my friends, like if they're a military wife, for them it's it's a connection that they have to their husband who might be deployed. For other people, it's it's a childhood um, a childhood passion that they've developed as an adult into now it's aviation photography. Um, and whenever you're feeling kind of burnt out and like, oh man, I don't know how much more I want to do this or um, where, where I want to take this next, just remember why you started it in the first place and why you fell in love with it. And I think sometimes we we feel like we're obligated to to be to do this when in reality we're not. We just love it. And I think we, for, we lose sight of that and we forget that sometimes. So that's my advice. <laughs> if, you, if you feel like quitting or if you feel like just taking a break, just fall in love with it again and and you'll rediscover what's so wonderful about aviation photography and and these amazing jets that we all get to watch that is a great way that's a great way of putting that and a great way of bending it that yeah and it's you know i felt burnt out a couple times i've been you know i've been taking photos for 12 years now and uh, i mean i don't i don't it's it's like you never really quit mm-hmm. you just take a break absolutely and yeah. You know, I took a big, I took a big social media break back in April of last year, and I, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. You know, you just get so burned out with social media and there's a negativity and kind of everyone is being really mean mm-hmm. to each other, and just you just take a break from it and, you, and, and just you don't worry about it. And it's fantastic, you know. I think, but that's a great. Way I think with some of my friends, like I said, we we do feel obligated to post. We feel obligated to to have the next best thing, and I'm like, that's not why we're here. You know, that's not why we started doing this. It wasn't about getting the next best uh, jet, you know, coming into town. It's it's not it's not about that. It's it's about our love for these jets and and how we want to be able to capture that and, and show that off. Um, and I do have friends that where it is their job, you know, um, like people in the military who do photography as their gig and they get burnt out. But and my encouragement for them is to find what they love about that because I feel like when it comes to actually being obligated, uh, finding why we love something is a lot more difficult. So, yeah, that's that's my hot take. That's the vibe. That is pretty cool. <laughs> well, on the heels of that, one last question is where can people find your work? So, um, I'm mostly just posting on my Instagram right now, which is... It's just a weird name. It's Podges Planes. Um, it's P A U D G S Planes, and it's on Instagram. And I have so much fun with it. And I'm trying to get more um, more personable on there with with you know posting more stories and just kind of talking about what I do um, in in aviation photography, but also in the, in the industry. And um, I hope that you guys will will join me on this journey that is very much just getting started and um, and I'm so excited to see you on there. And if you wanted to follow the nature photography stuff, it's also um, it's also Podge, it's Podge's Picks. So yeah, that's what's up. Perfect, and what about the website? Did you mention that? No, I don't post on it anymore. Okay. <laughs> it was it was literally, oh my goodness, that is a KC-135. Holy crap, that is so low. Sorry. No, you're okay. <laughs> so, no, I don't post on the website anymore. It was really just kind of like a blog for my grandma. Okay, that makes <laughs> so, sense. That makes I sense. I don't really do anything on it anymore. It was cute while it lasted, but yeah. um, now Instagram is really the way to way to go with that, so...
Well, cool. Well, anyway, guys, um, definitely go and follow her. And uh, trust me, you're you're gonna you're in for a treat, and then we're all in for a treat very soon when she upgrades to her new Sony Alpha Three. So we're really looking looking forward <laughs> just, to that. We're claiming it now. We're just what? We're yeah, just we are. Manifest. We're gonna say it right here, right now. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Sweet. Audrey, I appreciate your time this evening. Uh, Thank thanks you for so being much. so flexible and agreeing to come on this. And of course, you can have honored. a little bit. I'm so honored. I learned so much, um, and I hope that you guys did too. And um, I can't wait to see more from this podcast and, and keep learning more. Thank you. Maybe in a couple of years, maybe in a year or so, I'll have you back on to have a quick check in and see how you're doing. An update. There you go. Yeah, update. <laughs> oh, and have cool. an Audrey update. Cool. Thank you so much. Of course. Have a good night, Audrey. Thanks again. Yep, you too. All right, everybody, we are back in the studio, and my, wow, man, doesn't Audrey have some passion with aviation photography? That is, that was just an awesome interview. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that interview. I really did. Getting to talk to someone who has that passion, who just started out, and has that fire that every new aviation photographer has starting out, and, you know, if you don't follow her, please go look at her work, because she is going places, man. Yeah, really, really awesome. And thank you again for Audrey for taking time out of her very hectic schedule to come on and talk with me on this awesome, awesome podcast episode we just had. Um, but anyway, guys, uh, you know, a couple things that I stood out to me, a couple of reflections is personal connections, you know. That is awesome. You know, my favorite is because you have a personal connection to it. And that is, I didn't think about that. That's, that's a really good train of thought is you don't have to have a favorite, but if you have a personal connection to it, a lot of things can be your favorite. So I think that's really, really cool. And just how she has all that self-confidence in herself. That's another thing that that's really, really cool to, to have and experience uh, someone who's just that confident in her work. And, you know, she and she's showing it. You know, she's going out there. She's talking to talk. And she's walking the walk. And I really do love that. Um, so really, really good, good for her. And, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, one last thing that we did want to mention is the... Um, uh, the thoughts and comments that Audrey did make are of her own and do not reflect her employer, current employer, or the Department of Defense. So that she wanted me to say that, and that is all her. Doesn't reflect any of that. So anyway, guys, um, I'm going to call it on this one. And uh, man, that was a great, great episode. So again, thanks, Audrey, for coming on and talking, geeking out with me, talking some litigation and some international relations. And I mean, I know it's a little, little hot right now over in that area, but it's always nice to have a good IR talk with somebody about, uh, about this sort of stuff and actually someone who knows what I'm talking about, too. But uh, anyway, guys. That's going to do it for me here on another episode of the Aviation Spotters podcast. And if you guys have any recommendations for the show, um, please drop me a uh, DM at BOI Spotter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, email askspotterspodcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Aviation Spotters Podcast. And also, guys, um, I actually had a listener, you know who you are, uh, help me with the website. Uh, I'm still in the process of reviewing it and tuning it and tweaking it, but I think we have run to something and you guys are going to love it. Um, really good idea. So we're going to be working on that. That's going to be coming very soon. We're going to have the swag merch link down there too. So you're going to be able to buy 
all your ABSP stuff, and we're going to finish up the Patreon to help just cover some of this stuff up because, yep, I'm engaged now and I have to plan for a wedding, and weddings are not cheap. <laughs> so 20 bucks a month might help me out a little bit. So um, we're, we're going to get all that set up very soon. Again, I am so sorry for delay. It's just a lot of stuff going on in my life right now, and I am going to try to get more episodes out when I can. But if you guys are going to be in uh, Nellis uh, Red Flag, uh, 7th and 8th of February, let me know. I'm going to be down there, guys, and uh, I think I have a pretty cool episode idea. So if you guys are down there, look for me wearing all the Mountain Home swag. But, um, yeah, let's uh, let's meet up. Let's little, little little interview, and I think I have a really, really good episode coming up. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it for me here on another episode of the Aviation Spotters Podcast. And as always, keep those batteries charged and those cameras ready, and I'll catch you on another episode of the Aviation Spotters Podcast. <laughs>